Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mel. All right, so today is episode number 15 of the of the podcast and we're going to be talking about scarcity mindset. What is it and how can you overcome it? Welcome to Relaxed Mel, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relax Mail. All right, so today we're talking about a mindset that actually will keep you small, keep you from reaching out and going for the big stuff, being being the uh, the bigger person that you actually uh, always wanted to actually be. We're talking scarcity and scare the mindset centered around scarcity and the fear that uh, all of that is actually based on, and. Stephen Covey best described, of course, he came up with the, the whole abundant mindset and scarcity mindset. And he actually has the best, uh, description for it because of that. And he said, most people are deeply scripted in what I call the scarcity mindset. They see life as having only so much as though there were only one piece of pie out there. In addition, if someone were to get a big piece of pie, it would mean less for everyone else. Sound a little familiar, doesn't it? I'm sure you have experienced scarcity mindset in one form, fashion, or another. I know I have. I, I'm, I'm always battling some form of, of a scarcity oriented mindset. And it's why I wanted to kind of talk to you today is just to see if we can find ways of being able to just change how we, how we approach the issues and the problems that we have in our life because we see so much and we're, we're held back by what we don't have instead of being able to see exactly what all good and, and, and possibilities that lay before us where we don't see the fact that we don't have $200 million in our bank account that, uh, that means we can't do you know, we can't buy a, a, a new RV or we can't go out and spend a week camping because we've got to be working. We've got to be making, we've got to be making money. We've, we don't have enough to, to be comfortable. Yet we never actually, you know, express what our level of comfortable, comfortability, if that is even a word, <laughs> actually is. And so, and so wanted to kind of just, Start talking about what is what minds this type of mindset. What uh, this this negative enemy of your hopes and dreams and the the binds and the bonds that it creates that holds you back from achieving your dreams. Now, a lot of people believe that uh, that scarcity mindset is actually just a zero sum game. A zero sum game. That's a new word. <laughs> a zero sum game. Let's get that right. 
And as the, as the definition was, it's a piece of the pie. A lot of people look at money this way, that there's only a certain amount of money in the world and that, what is it? They, some, depending on who's, you, who states it, it's, you know, the top 1% owns 80% of all, uh, controls all 80% of the money while the, everybody else has, is, is digging for the dregs. And that simply isn't true. There is a phrase. You're making money. You trade value for value. And because of that, you get more value is, is actually how life really works. You take a good example of this that I've heard was from, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin is you have a, a tribe who is skilled at making some of the best, straightest, strongest, sharpest, uh, bows or, uh, or arrows or spears out there. And they, they make, because of these spears and arrows, they have an, they have plenty of, of food to eat, but where they hunt for food, there's just not much water. They have to walk, you know, many, many miles to get over to a, to a river where they can fill up the, the gourds that they have to, to make or they have to find and hollow out to, to bring back to the, uh, to the camp. Well, and then there's this other tribe who is really skilled at weaving baskets. And these baskets are woven so tight and are treated in such a way that they actually hold water. Well, the two tribes discover each other and the basket weaving tribe can't make a good arrow to save their life. And they're always hungry. They're always lacking in food, but they've got all the water in the world to drink because they, they carry gallons and gallons of water at a time in one basket. Well, what happens when they trade? They trade some, a whole bunch of their spears and arrows for some of their baskets. Who won out? If you are going by zeros some game, somebody lost out in that, in that transaction. Who? Because in all reality, neither one of them lost out. They both came out better in the end. The, the basket weavers are now able to go hunt and kill more food to feed their, their tribe. And they're, they are better off now. They can eat better while the, the, the thirsty spear makers are now able to have, you know, gallons and gallons and gallons, plenty of water for everything. And they even can start making stew because there's, you know, they've got plenty of water. They, they don't have to make, you know, 13 trips to the, to the, uh, to the stream. They now only have to make maybe two. And it's so each of them made their life better because of, trade and it wasn't because of a scarcity mindset neither one lost out so but if you're if you have a have a a scarcity mindset then you're going to be looking at well if i give him uh the bows and uh, the straight arrows then they may attack us this is a scarcity mindset they all of a sudden they're not going to they're going to die of dehydration because their fear and the scare, the thought that they're going to come and take all our food away because now they've got really good spears. When in all reality, no, they've developed a, a connection and a relationship 
that is centered around that part that type of trade. So how does scarcity actually hold us back? Well, I like to look at scarcity as kind of a bog or maybe even better yet, it's uh, a tree, a big, huge, monstrous tree. But the scarcity isn't the tree. It's the chain that you're tied to that tree with. Now, that chain wraps around you and wraps around you several times and holds you firmly to that to that tree. But the 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 censure is that it's not locked. You're concerned about what you don't have. That scarcity mindset is the chain. But if you pay attention and you look at what, instead of looking at what's holding you back, looking at what's possible, you see that oh, well, the lock is just kind of draped there. It's not. It, it's dummy locked instead of actually being being locked all the way so you can actually reach up and undo the uh take the lock off the chain and the whole thing falls off scarcity mindset shows that you are you're more concerned with what you actually don't have your focus is on the scarcity the lack thereof of a of a resource whether it's money or stuff that we have in our house uh sex you know there's all these different things that us, that we focus on that we don't have. We aren't getting enough, you know, enough food. We're not getting, we don't have, you know, if you're, if you're an alcoholic or even a, a, if you were a drug user, you're worried more about you running out of, out of, out of a, a substance that you're addicted to instead of looking at the fact that, you know, you can, that instead of worrying about how, where you can get the ne- your next hit, you're all instead of looking at the fact that, dude, you could come up with money really quick if you if you apply your mind to it. You don't see the resources that are available to you. You're limited to what you can't actually see, or you're limited to what your your field of vision is limited. You're not seeing for, far down the road. You're focused in on only what is happening to you at this very minute, instant, second. A lot of times business owners will actually suffer from scarcity mindset because you see people, uh, one of the biggest problems everybody has is actually charging their clients money. That is one of the biggest issues you have. You're like going, well, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I can't hit print because I, I, it was only, only spent, spent 20 minutes with them and was able to get the problem fixed in, in no time at all. And it was, it wasn't work. It was, we believe that money is, uh, is based on work when it's not. Money is based on value. It's the value, uh, that we contribute and uh, the, and the money are, is nothing more than little green certificates of appreciation as, as again, uh, Rabbi Lappin likes to, uh, likes to mention. So when you're, you often will just basically take, you know, $200, crumple it up, throw it in the trash, then get paid. You would rather say, no, nah, it's, it's nothing. It wasn't important. I didn't need, uh, it, I, I don't need to charge you for that. Instead of uh, allowing the, the, the customer the pleasure and joy of the free trade and being able to let you have the $200 that you that you earned and people with that see the, uh, see the issue and they're 
brings up a, a story that I that I remember hearing of uh, a, a repairman. There's a company that had an old machine that their business relied on, and for whatever reason, it started clanking really, really bad, and the clank got worse and worse, got worse and worse. And as the uh, as they kept trying to find people to fix it. They, people would come in from, uh, repair, other repairmen would come in and they would try, they would look at it, they'd tear it apart and they couldn't find what the problem was. And they'd try it again, try somebody else, try somebody else. And eventually they got, they found, uh, a little shop, a little guy, uh, down the way and they told him the problem. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I can help you with that. And so he comes down and he is carrying a big old bag and, he reaches into the bag and pulls out a stethoscope and he puts the, ste- uh, the uh, puts the stethoscope in his ear and starts listening to the machine as it clunk, 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 clunk. And he kind of listens for, for a couple minutes and then he takes the stethoscopes off his ear, out of his ears and puts it back in the bag and reaches in and pulls out this little hammer and he kind of feels along the side and all of a sudden he stops. And he gives the uh, machine a right smart tap, just turk. And the moment he does, the clanking stops, and the machine starts running better than it ever has in, uh, for a long, long time. And the guys, uh, the business owners, are like, "Oh wow, that's amazing! Oh, that is incredible! Thank you so very much! That is, I, I can't thank you enough. How much do I owe you?" And the guy looks up and says, "That'll be two thousand dollars." And the guy, the business owner is like, what? Are you out of your mind? $2,000. You were only here for five minutes. How is that worth $2,000? You, that's just way too much. And the guy says, no, it's not. It was $10 just to tap the machine, tap the machine, but it's $1,990 to know precisely where to hit. A lot of people, a lot of business owners don't realize that they're not being paid for their time. They're being paid for their expertise. They're being paid for their knowledge. And that is where the value is. They don't see, they see money as, as being a equal to the amount of work done when it's not that you don't have to work your fingers to the bone to, to make a lot of money. You just have to know what to work on. Now, people with, with a scarcity mindset, they often, uh, there are definitely always main, uh, key indicators to someone who is in a scarcity mindset. One of the big ones is that you play it safe. You don't have the amount of resources that it, to your, at your disposal. So you can't go bold because what happens if you lose all your money or lose all your resources? Say you're, uh, a, a, a farmer. You've gone out and you've, Planted all your, the last bit of your, your seed wheat into the, into the field. Well, you're taking a gamble every time. What happens if that crop fails? Well, he's not, he doesn't have any more seed crop or seeds left to plant next year. So it's kind of a make it or break it moment. So he could wait and wait it out until he knows for sure that the, the season's going to be favorable, but do you ever really know when that season is going to be favorable? You kind of have to just, yeah, you can kind of look through, get an idea according to what Farmer's Almanac is going to say, but we know Farmer's Almanac is 
more miss than hit most of the time. We've been, I've seen on Facebook three years in a row that we're supposed to be having one of the worst winners in, in, uh, in our lifetime. And I think we've had maybe accumulated total, maybe three quarters, maybe an inch at all, uh, altogether. So it's not, we don't, you can't predict the future. You can take what you know. You can make a educated guess, but you're still, anything you do is going to require risk, especially stuff that requires, that is, has the possibility of a big payout. You're going to have a, have a lot of risk to it. So a farmer has to take his seed he, to be able to make money. He has to take the risk, take the chance that his crop is going to fail, that he's going to have to take the chance that the wheat may be looking beautiful, may be having just enough rain and all that. And it gets up to the critical point right before everything, it starts to head out and all that. And all of a sudden a tornado comes through and just, you know, two mile wide tornado comes along and just wipes, wipes his field off the, uh, off the map. Well, what's he going to do now? There's a lot of unknowns, unplanned. You can prepare so you may for, uh, for disasters. So you may get in like a farmer normally has crop insurance. So if a tornado or hail comes through and beats the, uh, beats his corn or wheat to, to smithereens, he's got something to kind of ease that burden. But you're, that's why you have to pay them because they're actually taking the, taking the risk. You're paying them to take the risk while you don't have as much. So if you play it safe, you're not going to have as great of a, uh, of a, a season as opposed to if you were to just, if you were to go ahead and know that the crop's going to come up. You know what to do. You have, you have the knowledge, you have the skills, you have the tools. You just need to actually just take the time and stop worrying about what might happen and go through and do it. But if you're, if a scarcity mindset person is going to say, no, no, I don't have enough. I need to have two years worth of, of seed. And for when they get two years worth of seed, they may end up going, you know, what if I have two years worth of crop failure in a row? I better have three, three years worth of, of, of seed available. And so you're worried you're holding everything back because out of a possibility, out of that fear, and because you don't, you've got a limited amount of, of, of wheat seed, you're not going to, you're not going to do anything because of the fact that you are wanting to play it safe and wanting to make sure you build up enough. You're going to let incredible opportunities pass you by. You have, I'm one, I'm actually looking at, uh, the opportunity of actually taking Brooke Castillo's, uh, Coaching class, really awesome. It would help me out, uh, help my business out tremendously, help me out tremendously, and it would help you out tremendously. The Censure, that's an $18,000 course. Holy smokes, that's a lot of freaking money. Don't you agree? I think so. I don't have $18,000 sitting in my bank right now. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to wait until, uh, until I have enough money? Well, I can. But that opportunity may go away. This may, you know, this year might be her last year of doing the, the life coach school. She may decide I've made enough money. I made, I, I, I achieved the hundred million dollars in a year that I've been talking about for the past 10 years. And so I don't need to do it no more. Well, I just let an opportunity go by if I don't, don't take it while I, while there's a chance. 
it uh, scarcity mindset limits your opportunities. You're worried more about playing it safe. And so you're going to let all those prime opportunities of where you can leapfrog levels at a time because you don't know what's, you, you don't know what the future holds. You don't, what if we, what if I lose the house? Well, I, if it doesn't work in this, I were, say I borrowed $18,000 for the life coach school. Well, I, that would be a, a, a risk that I might have to take. I might have to, you know, I'm, there's a chance I might lose the house. I might lose the car. I might lose my job for whatever reason that the trucking job is a, you know, is out of my control. All of, all of a sudden, uh, the owners decide, you know what? We, we can't do anything anymore. They were being, uh, undercut. All of a sudden, automated trucking, uh, trucks are coming into play and they're taking over everything. Uh, we're shutting the doors. Well, what am I supposed to do? I can sit there and worry about that or I can take the opportunities that are available to me now and actually go about and not have to, and take my control of my own life instead of letting my life sit in the hands of somebody else. I could ex- I could either a choose to have a thousand bosses otherwise known as customers or I could rely on just hacking off one customer otherwise known as a boss because he isn't my customer in all reality because he's paying me for my service of being able to drive a truck. So if I hack him off and he fires me, that's also known as being out of a job. So which one, you know, you're wanting to play it safe because we all look at like uh, working for a company and getting a, you know, nice 401k and all these other benefits. And we look at that as being safe. But in all reality, is that actually really safe? And you've got one boss as opposed to having a thousand bosses. You may hack off one boss and he may say, I'm not going to work. You're, you're fired, but you know, you've got 999 other bosses that still like you. And so they're still willing to pay you and you can find and you can get hired on by somebody else and replace the one that didn't like you and left. Another example or key indicator that you may have a scarcity mindset is because, like I said, a scarcity mindset limit it makes you believe that your resources are limited. You look at what you don't have. I don't have the $5,000 to, to donate to a, to a charitable organization. Okay. What do you have? Well, you do have time. You can actually volunteer for a, for an, uh, an organization. You could volunteer. You could, um, but a lot of times we look at the fact that we don't have the money. We don't, we're focused in on our limited resource and we go, well, I can only give $50. Well, okay, good, good job. You volunteered 50, you, you donated $50, though you had, you know, you've got a thousand sitting in the bank, not saying you clear out your bank to, to, to a charitable organization, but you're worried about what you don't have. And so you're, you could donate your $50 and donate your time, donate your services. And so you, you, because you don't have a, a, an abundant mindset, you actually run into the problem of you're just not going to be charitable. You were, are more worried about the lack of popcorn in your popcorn bowl instead of, and you're not going to share that popcorn because, you know, you've only got that bag, that one bowl of popcorn, though you have 
you know, 16 more bags of popcorn in the, in the cabinet. Another indicator is that you, you find yourself envious of others. Yeah. You see that uh, the Joneses down the way just got themselves a brand new bass boat and, uh, and it's hooked up to their, the, the SUV they just bought, you know, three months earlier. And you're like, well, that must be nice. Well, in all reality, yeah, it is. Uh, that phrase, it must be nice, is a huge scarcity indicator. The fact that you're j- showing uh, envy is you're thinking of what you don't have. You don't uh, see the fact that he works until, you know, 10 o'clock at night and, and is putting in all the extra hours and is struggling like the, uh, like a dog to try to get himself into, to be a partner in partnership. So that he can, he can make even more. He's doing, uh, a lot and he's reaping all, uh, the rewards instead of you sit there, you're sitting there and you come home, uh, you cut loose the moment five o'clock comes along. And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that work and money are, are, are comparable, but that's how most of us look at it. And so if you have a scarcity mindset where you think work and, and, uh, money are, are interchangeable. Then you, you are going to say that, and you're going to see that, that fact. And so with, with you cutting loose at, uh, at the, the moment the, the five o'clock bell rings and you're, and you hop in your car and you shag tail over to, uh, back over to the house. You're missing an opportunity where you could have stayed behind and you could have helped the boss and gotten to know him better and got to know, uh, show him that you're willing to, to put in some effort and, and he might, you're passing by the, the possibility that you could have been bump up to, uh, to a managerial position or even higher. Maybe he's wanting to start a a new division in the town next door and it's the same town you live in, but because you, See your time as, as a limited resource. You see your, uh, what you're doing in a, in a scarcity mindset. You're not going to, you're not willing to make that effort. So when people produce a larger, uh, have, start showing, uh, larger results or have take fancy vacations or, or have nicer things, you become very envious. Uh, a lot of, uh, our, shoot our, We've got a, uh, a, uh, a presidential candidate right now who is basing his whole, his whole platform on the fact that, uh, of those that have and have nots. And he's looking, he's working on with going from the place of there's a limited amount of, of pie. And he is jealous of people who have, you know, those darn millionaires that he keeps talking about, or billionaires, not even millionaires, because actually he, he he is a millionaire. He is a, one of the, he's one of the top one percents also, but he doesn't like to actually mention that. Doesn't want that in a little tidbit to be known. But still, he he is coming from a place uh, of fear, and he is coming from a place of 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 scarcity. And because you see what the Joneses are, ha- uh, have and what you don't, that's where a lot of times you start showing that you're a lot more envious of, of, of people. 
Another example of being envious is that uh, how many times have you looked in Look Magazine or some of those other uh, gossip tabloids in the uh, checkout aisle and you see a, uh, a a movie star that you used to think was smoking hot uh, when you were younger has all of a sudden gotten fat and is out of shape. Uh, one that I used to always uh, comment on was Val Kilmer. I mean, heck, he was a he was this buff dude and next thing you know you see him and he's he's kind of a roadie pody and another example of what a lot of people would uh were uh making comments about was axel rose he became quite uh rotund in his in his circumference uh after uh leaving guns and roses and we seem to revel in the downfall of of the successful people and i again is is this front coming from a place of scarcity that you see their talent as limited only to them when they're they're what they do is 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 special for them and you're not even paying attention to the fact that you've got a great talent that you have so we sit there and we look at gossip magazines uh because they just feed off of that scarcity mindset uh a lot of times you feel stuck in your in your in your current work position, there's a time uh, for a while I felt stuck while while in the trucking business because that's all it seemed to be available. If I wanted to get out of uh, of trucking and be able to make the same amount of money, you notice you kind of notice in a trend here, scarcity mindset often focuses around the resources you don't have. This case, uh, it's, it's the resource of the little green certificates of appreciation. Yeah. You get paid pretty well. You're not ever going to make, be, a, be rich driving a truck, but you're going to, you can, you do pretty well driving a truck. You can pay the bills. And so you can, but to try to go to someplace else after you've been trucking for 10, 15, 25, 50 years. Your options are, are, can often seem very, very limited instead of actually taking the time and paying attention to what your actual, uh, skill sets are, what your talents are and seeing that, yeah, I can get out of a truck. I love helping men and talking to men and helping them to see that there's so many excellent opportunities for them to expand, grow, change how they see life instead of being worried about uh, about work coming up on Monday I'm, to help them be able to come about uh, and and grasp life and live life to its fullest. That's what I like to do. And because of that and because of the fact that I like to – I can sit down and I can talk with people. Now, I'm not an extrovert by any sense of the imagination. If I have a chance to just sit at the house and 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 – piddle around and do and do stuff at the house all right yeah I'll, I'll sit at the house and recharge but i do but i do also like to to sit down and talk i always talk to people in the uh uh to random people in at walmart just because it's it's fun to talk to them but you're you you believe you get stuck in a position you believe you're stuck in a current position all, all i'll ever be is a truck driver i'm just a dumb old truck driver that's all i can ever be 
Well, okay, that's a that's a limited resource. Your your opportunities are limited, and so because of that, you're you feel that you have no other option but to drive a a truck up and down the road and 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 make a make a living that way. So because you see yourself stuck, you also are limiting your thinking. So when you limit your thinking, you don't you're not even going to entertain the possibility that you could leave the truck trucking industry and you could do something completely different and make five, 10, 200 times the amount of money that you're making while you were driving a truck. Yeah, it is possible. You, ha- it's not easy. It never, anything worth it is not easy. You don't need easy. You just need, you just need to make sure it's worth it. So we, if you, uh, you limit your thinking, you don't allow yourself to dream big. You don't allow yourself to make those, uh, make those massive, uh, steps towards, towards your dream because, well, all you, all you are is a, a, a dumb truck driver. Now, another one is one that I've all, I've talked about before. I suffered, uh, I still, well, I'm not going to say suffer. I, I get plagued by this from time, this thinking from time to time, and that's overindulging. How many people have, have times have you gone and received your, uh, your tax return check since uh, tax return season is, is in full effect? People are getting their checks now and you see them walking into say Walmart and walking out with an eight, 84 inch television or an 80 inch television. I've seen that several times this, uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, this is their prime, uh, season to sell the big ticket items because when come December, most people are, are, who are with scarcity mindset, they see the fact that they have this money. And so they are either a afraid that somebody else is going to take it or steal it or something like that, or that they, this is their chance to buy the stuff that they haven't ever been able to get. And so they have a, a, a little bit of extra resource. And so what do they do? They just splurge on it. And instead of, Taking that, uh, that extra cash and applying it to something that could further them down the road, like coaching or like, um, like taking classes to, uh, to learn about, uh, learn about business or learn about whatever it is that expands their, their interests and their, their passions. They blow it on televisions or brand new cars, which if you, little hint here, if you're someone who likes to buy brand new cars, rich people don't buy brand spanking new cars. They let you take the first hickey because the moment you write your name on there, you've lost 50% of the value. It's become a used car. It's not even, you lose a little bit more percentage of the value of that vehicle. The moment you actually hop in it, turn the key and drive off the lot on it. But most, uh, most millionaires will wait and buy a, a low mileage, two-year-old vehicle and then drive it until the doors fall off. So we often overindulge. We buy, we'll buy brand new stuff. That's not really all that valuable. We'll, we'll take that money and we'll, we'll within two, three weeks, you know, you've gone through your, your extra, extra, uh, extra money that you had. Thanks to, uh, thanks to giving the government a, a low, no interest loan. Scarcity mindset can also affect your your sex life, and that's um, a lot of time. That's a big problem that a lot of guys actually face is they think back of when they first got married, and they were they were all you know getting it two, three times a week, and they if not more, and 
then 10 years down the road and you've got two kids and you're, you're doing good. If you, you get a, a roll in the hay, you know, every other month. Um, and you start to feel sorry for yourself. You start to feel, uh, feel resentful, uh, towards your, towards your wife because she's, you don't know what in the world is going on. Why does it all of a sudden the, uh, the, the whoopee, uh, train has come to a grinding halt? Well, there's several reasons that it could be, but because you're sitting there like a wounded little child, you're not acting very, uh, very sexually appealing, but you're, because you're, the resource uh, of pleasure that you were getting is suddenly, not even suddenly, it's just been gradually cut off. You start to start to wonder what's going on. You may turn to uh, you think, well, she's not going to get it. I'm going to get it somewhere else. So you decide through a scarcity because of scarcity mindset, you decide you're wanting, you want to throw everything uh, that you've worked hard for out the window and go have an affair or you have uh, you with a scarcity mindset, you may just may, may not have an affair, but you may cause it, uh, put even more of a, of a wet towel on the fire and, and snuff what little flame there was out by turning to porn. And the wife finds out she's not looking at, the, looking at, uh, porn the same way you are. She's looking at it like, Oh, well, that's a young woman who's got a very firm body and, He's looking at her. Okay. Yeah. You might be. That's true. You might be looking at you. This doesn't matter that you might be looking at that and imagining just uh, seeing the act itself as something that you and her could be doing. But it's because of how she's interpreting what you're doing. She's takes that as even more of a hit, which would in, in turn creates even, uh, causes her to not want to have sex with you even more. So it's the, instead of, instead of looking at what are the resources you have, you're looking at what you don't have. And the resources that you do have is communication. You talk to her, find out what in the heck's going on. Why are, why are you, uh, why is she not in the main? She may tell you, well, it's like, I've got two kids running around here. One of them's in diapers. The other one's, you know, three years old. They're needing, they're pulling on, on me in every which way they possibly can. As you noticed, I haven't been able to get the house clean. I don't feel productive. I don't feel like I've contributed to anything in this, uh, to the family or at, for the past, uh, past couple of years. So I don't feel like I even a, a worthy person to be idolized, uh, much less want to have, uh, much less even want them to be, think that some, I'm worthy of, of, the attention that you want to give me. There were several insecurities that she could be having. There's a lot of different things that could be happening that you have no clue because you're being a wounded little boy and not a, approaching the problem as a, as a man and talking the problems out. So how do we change that abundant mindset or change that scarcity mindset to a more abundant oriented mindset? Well, biggest way, uh, and I think is one of the best tools uh, around, and that is right in the dadgum <laughs> gratitude journal. That thing is just absolutely a godsend. It helps you with changing what you're focusing on. All of a sudden, instead of focusing in on everything you don't have, you look at the fact that, yeah, you have a a car that is 
15 years old, has 200,000 miles on it, but it still runs. It's not broke down every other weekend. It may have, it may have a check engine light. You may have some sensors that have gone out. And when you get up to 60 miles an hour, there's a weird little whine, but it still runs and it gets you to work dependably day in and day out instead of being going, oh, I don't have, I don't have enough money to even get a, get a good car. You've got a good car. You look at the fact that you have what you look at what you do have. Start writing down, write five things every day, something different, five things you are grateful for. I am grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I am married to a beautiful, incredible wife who still cooks incredible food. I'm grateful for the food that she makes. I am grateful for the fact that I have a job. I'm grateful for the imagination. You know, you can come up with, you know, you could write and write and write all the things that you do have. And the more you write down in the gratitude journal, the more you're going to understand your mindset and your attitude and what you focus in on is not what you don't have. It's going to focus in on what you do have instead of going, well, the boss doesn't, uh, doesn't like to have, like me to have, uh, have new tires. Well, be glad at least you got tires. There's been a couple of times where I've seen some truckers who are broke down on the side of the road with a blown out tire and they don't have the money for a new tire. Now that really stinks. All of a sudden you can't make money because you don't have the money to be able to even get a tire fixed. There's a lot of people out there who don't have what you have. And you're sitting here crying because you don't have something that somebody else has. There's a long chain there. So if you start looking at what and using the, the gratitude journal, you actually, uh, actually come, uh, you become stronger. Uh, my, uh, my cousin, uh, Michael Scrutivant, uh, talked about uh, this. He actually threw up a Facebook post because he had lost his uh, phone here recently. I think he had a fairly nice uh, uh, iPhone. And uh, he posted up a little bit uh, earlier, actually, I think later, like yesterday, and said, today was a good reminder of perspective. I lost my phone yesterday, and I'm not stoked about it. However, I have a crappy old phone that works better than nothing, uh, which is what some folks have. Nothing. In the scheme of things, I still have money, food, clothes, a place to sleep, and a job. All me, all my needs are met. If you continue to focus on what you don't have, you never see the beauty of everything that you do actually have. Today, I'm thankful for what I have, not in anguish about what I've lost or don't have. So focus your feelings. Uh, to anyone feeling the sting of something lost or not yet uh, had to begin with, try to refocus on everything you do have. Your brain will thank you later. So another way you can actually look for, uh, you can change your scarcity mindset is to start looking for win-win situations. Stephen Covey talks about this also. Um, when you're, when you have a, there's always a chance and a way if you put your mind to it and put your resources to it that you can come up with a, a situation where both people come out of the, uh, come out of the bargaining table. Uh, a, a winner. And there are win-win situations. A lot of people think that there's not, but there are. There's always a win-win situation. It may end up requiring stuff that you don't really want to do. And that's why you want to avoid doing a win-win. So go for the win-wins when you're, when you're able to. Another way is to actually just sit down and mind your thoughts. Pay attention to what you're, what you're thinking. 
because that's that story that you're telling in your mind and the thoughts that you're actually having, if you don't pay attention to them, they will reprogram you and have you back over to the world of scarcity mindset faster than anything around. But if you notice when you start making comments of, well, I don't have that type of money instead of instead change that go, no, no, I, how can I get that money? How can you, where, what resources can you tap into so that you can have the resources that you need? There are ways that you can do that. You can change how you're thinking of, of approaching a, a problem. There's ways that you can, uh, think of a problem and doing so will actually help you to become a stronger person and a better person and having the abundant mindset that will propel you and catapult you into the success that you want down the road. So, Look at, look at ways that you can actually change that mindset and, uh, and you'd be surprised at how well abundant mindset works for you. So wrapping this up now, want to just uh, take a moment and let you know, I've still got, uh, openings available for the, uh, camping coach, but I'm going to let you know the price that it's setting at right now is fixing to go away. Right now it's $375 and that is fixing to go up. Uh, to, to, uh, $500 come the beginning of April. And that's just there because it, I have a feeling some people are kind of setting them kind of weighing it out and you want to get at a, at a decently low price. Now that's your, when you go to the camp coach, you, not only are you just going out and uh, you're not just going out and camping, you're going out, you're going to experience, and I'm going to I want to draw your attention to the, the 3D effect. This is where your mind actually has, disengages from the constant day in and day out, ding, 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 ding of your phone and, and everybody demanding of your attention. And your mind actually learns to downshift a couple of years and you're at, and you start to slow down and you, and you're able to focus in on more details about who you are and about your life and about what's going on in your world a lot sooner and a lot faster than if you were, uh, than when you are in the thick of things in society. Now this isn't just, just sitting around meditating and, and, and listening to the whippoorwill call and, and, and the metal arcs, uh, chatter about. But this, uh, also is got mean, uh, a place for coaching and we're going to be going through and we'll be finding out what you're actually needing work on and we, and go through and help you get that work taken care of, figure out how can you actually become get to that that point that area of success that you actually want to have and so and so because of that we you you you'll benefit from actually going to this camping coach now one of the other uh, the last thing that we actually will be doing with this is every evening having a mastermind where everybody in the group gets together and it's not just me it's not a group coaching session it is i'm going to be making sure that you Throw in your two cents. What do you think might uh, help? And what might uh, somebody else be able to help you with whatever your issue you're bringing to the table? This is where we can all help each other be able to grow by while at the same time enjoying the, the fresh air and the sunshine of the western Oklahoma skies. So anyhow, look into it. Go to, to relaxedmail.com forward slash live event for more details 
and sign up uh, soon because like I said, the prices are fixing to go up. And, uh, when that does, when that happens, that, that price that, uh, that 375 is, is going to be gone for good. So folks, thanks again for listening and I appreciate it. And I'm grateful. If you like this, uh, like this show, please, uh, click subscribe in the podcast app that you're using. If you're using uh, Spotify, click follow, and that way you'll be notified and you'll receive every ep- new episode that cranks out. So thank you again. We'll talk to you next week. Till then, stay awesome.